Welcome to the All Things Protest Podcast. I'm Olivia Lynch, and with me are Christian Curran and Rob Sneckenberg. The topic that we're going to cover today is reliance on affiliate past performance and experience. Contractors frequently rely on their affiliates' experience and past performance when responding to solicitations in order to satisfy things like the past performance and corporate experience requirements. Today, we're going to discuss three common issues to make sure you get full credit for the past performance and or corporate experience of your affiliates. First, we'll discuss what to look for in a solicitation to determine whether the agency is allowed or required to consider such experience. Second, we'll highlight potential challenges to solicitations that prohibit reliance on affiliate experience. And third, we'll cover what information offers must provide in their proposal in order to receive full credit. As an initial matter, Christian, what does the FAR say about reliance on affiliate past performance and experience? So FAR 15.305 covers the evaluation of past performance, and it states that the evaluation should take into account past performance, predecessor companies, key personnel who have relevant experience, or subcontractors that will perform major or critical aspects of the requirement when such information is relevant to the instant acquisition. But, and this is an important but, the regulation is silent as to affiliates. So where should contractors look for guidance on this issue? So even though it's not addressed in the FAR and likely because of this, we've seen the development of a lot of case law that provides guidance. And there are some important principles that can be derived from this to give contractors guidance in this area. First, the standard is that an agency may consider experience or past performance of an offeror's parent or affiliate so long as there is no solicitation provision precluding such consideration and the parent or affiliate will meaningfully contribute to contract performance. So it's important to note there that this is a permissive, not a mandatory standard for consideration. But be warned that if a solicitation is silent and does not expressly provide for reliance on affiliate past performance or experience, the agency is not required to consider it. In other words, if you as an offeror only have affiliate experience to rely on, you respond to a solicitation that neither provides for nor precludes reliance on affiliate experience, and the agency doesn't give you credit for that experience, you're out of luck. To challenge that, you would have to argue that the agency unreasonably failed to comply with evaluation criteria that weren't included in the solicitation. A protester actually made that challenge, and GAO rejected that argument, noting that the solicitation did not require the agency to consider the experience and past performance of affiliates, and therefore the agency was under no obligation to do so. Given the strict timeliness requirements for challenging the ground rules of a procurement, such as whether affiliate past performance will be considered, it may be worth posing a clarifying question to the agency during the Q&A process. So if you ask the agency whether they will consider affiliate performance, and if the agency says yes, they will consider, the upshot is that you get certainty that the affiliate experience will be considered. Instead, if you don't ask the question, you'll be rolling the dice as to whether the agency will consider affiliate past performance, and you might not potentially get full credit that you were expecting. Or any credit, that's right. But all is not lost if a solicitation prohibits reliance on affiliate past performance or if someone asks a question during the Q&A period and the agency responds that they're not going to credit affiliate experience or past performance. 
Offerers have the ability to challenge the agency's refusal to allow such reliance as unduly restrictive of competition at GAO or the court. So the standard where a protester challenges a solicitation provision as unduly restrictive of competition is going to be that the procuring agency must establish that the provision is reasonably necessary to meet the agency's needs. Now, GAO has considered a few of these types of cases concerning reliance on affiliate experience and past performance. In one, GAO found that the agency's refusal to consider the experience and past performance of affiliates to be unreasonable, where the agency's explanation was that it had encountered problems in the past when it considered such experience of affiliates based on general statements about availability of resources. And GAO came out and said that wasn't a sufficient reason to have that restriction in the solicitation in light of the fact that agencies should require more than just general statements about resources in order to credit one offer with another contractor's experience. On the other hand, GAO is not objected to such a restriction being in a solicitation where the agency explained that the procurement was for a design-build project for a large, complex undertaking that really did require experience on the part of the contractor who was going to be in privity with the government. Now, Rob, can you discuss what offerers should think about when drafting a proposal that relies on affiliate experience or past performance? Sure. The general rule, as Christian said, is that when there's no solicitation provision precluding consideration, then an agency may consider the experience or past performance of its parents or affiliated companies, so long as the proposal demonstrates that the parent or affiliate resources will affect contract performance. The key, though, and as the case law further emphasizes, is whether the parent or affiliate resources will be meaningfully involved in contract performance. And how do you tell if somebody's going to be meaningfully involved? It's definitely a fact-specific inquiry. The specific relationship between affiliates is going to vary depending on corporate family and structure. And the specific involvement in any given contract is also going to vary. So it's probably easiest if we take a couple examples here. First, let's cover a case where the agency gave the offer full credit for its affiliate experiences and past performance and GAO found that the agency's decision was reasonable. GAO walked through three types of proposal information that supported the agency's analysis. First, the proposal included a description of the corporate family and provided specific information about the resources of the parent company, the offeror, and all the affiliates that would actually be applied in contract performance. And this may sound really simple, but this is actually a very key step that's often missed is how is the corporate family structured? How does the offeror relate to any affiliates whose experience are being proposed to the parent? And whether it's because offers assume that the agency know that information already or because they think it doesn't matter since they're all in the same family, it's often a key component in proposals that are left out. Definitely. When in doubt, spell it out. Give the agency information about your corporate structure so that they can feel comfortable that they know where the resources are from and how they will be used. Second. GEO highlighted that the proposal made clear the awardee's proposed leadership and key personnel were overwhelmingly from other businesses within the larger corporate family. Now, this may not always be the case given on your specific proposal or your corporate structure, but if it is, again, make it clear for the agency. And if you can show for the agency that the key personnel the leadership are all the same or shared, that can be an additional indication that the resources should be considered. And finally, third, the agency found and then GAO held that there was an unconditional commitment of the financial resources and capabilities of the parent company, along with the family of affiliated companies. This gave the agency the assurance that even though the specific offer 
would ordinarily be the only company bound to perform, here there was a commitment, a definite firm commitment from the parents and affiliates. And in this case, GAO actually redacted what the language of that commitment was. But if you're thinking about the agency being able to rely on commitment from someone other than the offeror proposing, the commitment would have to bind the corporate parent in some way for the agency to rely on it. Certainly. And in certain circumstances, certain procurements, the agency is going to come right out in the solicitation and say that you need such definite commitments or they'll prescribe a form for it or say you have to submit an exhibit or attachment with that commitment. But even where, and, and where that requirement exists, certainly comply with it if you want to rely on the experience. But even where that requirement isn't specifically spelled out, it can be a helpful thing to add to your proposal. Now, by contrast, the cases where GAO has denied an offer relying on its corporate affiliate experience, they're a little more fact-specific as well. But let's just take one example. It's generally because there's just not enough information for an evaluator to have reasonably made the tie between resources of another company and the offeror. So this can occur when a proposal includes a passing reference to having full reachback capability, or even general claims of access to resources or to common management, but without providing the details and the specific connections. You know, even more so, when an offeror has made claims of access to its parents' resources, but the offer is trying to claim credit for the experience of an affiliate, that can be a little bit disjointed. Is the affiliate the specific parent? You have to be clear again where the affiliates sit in relationship within the corporate structure and whose affiliates are going to be used and how they will be used. Now finally, it can also be problematic when a proposal lumps together the entire corporate family. GAO has discussed a few cases where the proposal defined the team to be either the offeror and its parent or the offeror, and or the entire corporate family. It can get confusing, but when an evaluator is unable to parse out which resources and which experiences should be attributed to which entity, GAO may find that the offeror can't receive full credit for all of its claimed experience. So Christian, with those examples in mind, what's a takeaway that people can take from this podcast? So contractors that are regularly relying on experience or past performance of affiliates should, as part of any final proposal review, or really at any point in the process, go through the proposal and ask themselves a few specific questions. First, which experience or past performance references are included in your proposal? Second, which of the entities in the corporate family performed those contracts? And related to that, making sure that that is identified in the proposal explicitly. And third, checking to see where those entities are referenced anywhere else in the proposal. Typically, an offeror's corporate parent is referenced, but as Rob indicated earlier, an offeror needs to make the connection between the offeror and whichever entity's experience is being relied upon, not just the corporate parent. So as Rob indicated earlier, when in doubt, spell it out. And if it's not spelled out, then it's worth taking another look to making sure you're being specific enough to get the performance that you're claiming credit for. So that concludes our discussion for today. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out to us directly. As always, thanks for listening. The All Things Protest podcast is presented by Kroll and Mooring and hosted by Olivia Lynch, Rob Sneckenberg, and Christian Curran. You can find the materials discussed today on kroll.com or on our blog, the Government Contracts Legal Forum. 